Driven mofos, I wanted to mention something that means a lot to me. When I was younger, everyone doubted me and their doubts became my doubts. Their fears festered inside my mind and I hated myself as I knew I could do so much more in life. I just didn't know where to start and failure would reinforce what a loser I already believed I was. If it wasn't for listening to audios just like this, which I spent tens of thousands of dollars on, I would have probably ended it all. I know that there are so many people out there who feel this way and are holding themselves back from greatness. So if I could ask just one favor today, it would be that you share this podcast with just one person as it may make all the difference and start them on a new path. I used to get really stuck in this pattern and I think a lot of other people do as well where they really want to achieve more but at the same time they feel like there's something holding them back or they keep self-sabotaging or keep self-destructing and they can't figure out why it is. I know for me, I really struggled with this one thing, but once I got clear on it, it has really helped me to accelerate my results and to break through a lot of patterns that I used to have. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanted to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about this one pattern that so many people have, and I used to have it as well, that stopped me from achieving. And should you become more self-aware and should you understand this pattern, what will happen is you'll be able to break through a lot of consistent problems that you probably have, a lot of people around you have. In fact, you'll probably see it in most people when they talk to you. So I think that it's such an important factor or a crucial factor, especially if you want to achieve at a higher level. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and Mojo Business Multiplier. Now let's get into this episode. This is going to be something that I'm going to really enjoy talking about because it's something that I see so often in most people. You know, like I meet so many people on a weekly basis, you know, whether it's through our social media platforms where, you know, I get people sending me messages saying I'm stuck or can you talk about this on the podcast? Also through our events and seminars like our business growth mastermind or whether it be our Thrive Time event. And what I find is that there are some really common patterns that stop people from succeeding and achieving. You've probably heard me talk a lot on this podcast about what I teach at our Thrive Time event, which is really setting up your success map in life. So that's super important. I think it's probably one of the greatest factors that will help people to achieve. And I haven't really met many people, actually, I've really not met many people at all who have actually ever even thought about the things that I go through in that event, hence why I think it's such a great event. But there's these other patterns that come up that most people don't even really think about in regards to their mental performance or the way that their mindset works. And so today I want to talk about one of them that is really important and it's really critical in fact, but most people aren't even aware that they do it. You start to hear a lot of other people talk about it or talk and say things that maybe you've never heard before, but you really pick up on it once I talk about this pattern. And that pattern is how you identify yourself. So when someone uses words or terminologies like my, I, and I am, you're normally describing your identity. And so when someone says things like, I am stressed, they might be talking about a momentary thing, like I'm stressed in this moment. But sometimes people say things like, you know, my stress levels are through the roof. 
that's actually an ownership. So when you say my stress levels, you identify that they are your stresses. Now, sometimes people say things like my anxiety. So this is this thing that you own, my depression, okay, my chronic fatigue, my ADHD. And I hear this shit all the time with people. They're like, you know, I can't concentrate. You know, it's my ADHD. Well, what they're doing is they keep reinforcing this idea that they have this thing called ADHD. Now, you might have a pattern of behavior that is sometimes labeled as ADHD. In fact, I would probably highly recommend that I could be diagnosed with ADHD if I went to a psychiatrist and got diagnosed. But the thing is, I don't label myself as such because I find that it is a limiting pattern. Now, there's a lot of people out there who go, you know, I sit behind a desk all day and I do shit that I don't really enjoy doing. And because of that, my mind jumps around and I also overconsume caffeine. I'm very impulsive. And yes, that is a pattern of behavior that we can box and put someone into a box and identify as ADHD patterns along with some other things as well. But you can identify with that pattern. Now, something that I've taught for many, many, many years, and I'm starting to hear more and more people talk about this, which is great. Some of them are past students of mine. Some of them have heard my podcast. Some of them have watched what I've been doing over the last decade or so. But I always say that labels are there to understand. They are not there to define. So we create labels in order to understand things. Like if I say to you, can I please have a green apple? You can easily identify what I want because I have labeled that thing. And so it makes more sense. So when we label something as being depressed, if I say to you, that person was depressed, you can probably identify what that person looks like, what that person's feeling like, what that person goes through because of that label. Now, sometimes labels are important because let's say we go to the doctor and the doctor says, you have this thing that is a problem or a dis-ease or some sort of a pattern that you have. And so we're gonna label it because then that way we can understand it, we can therefore put together a treatment plan and so on. So labels are actually an important factor of understanding things so that we can move forward. The problem is, is that when labels define, that's when they become a huge issue. So I see people on social media every day labeling themselves and they'll say things like, it's my ADHD or I have ADHD. Now, when you do that, you essentially are categorizing and boxing yourself with a pattern of behaviors that is your identity. Now, are there people with ADHD who can concentrate for extended periods of time? Yeah. Are there people with ADHD or who have been diagnosed with ADHD that are extremely successful? Yeah. Are there people out there who function completely normal without medication of ADHD? And the answer is yes. Now, depending on different spectrums and things like that, depending on you know whether someone needs to be medicated, also, do they need to be medicated now or... Is this becoming a problem now? Or are there other things going on, other factors? The majority of people that I know and that I've worked with over the years who identify as having ADHD or who hold this identity normally are living outside of their values. So when I teach them how to determine their values and understand their values, prioritize their values and stop doing shit that are outside of their values, normally you actually find that they are very focused, very driven, very thoughtful, and they can see things that other people can't see. In fact, it's actually their strength and their superpower. But what happens is because they do things outside of their value structure, they think that there's something wrong with them. So then they go and get labeled and diagnosed. And then they now use this label as a way of self-identification as to why they have these patterns of behavior, which isn't necessarily true. A lot of the time they have those patterns of behavior because of other things that are going on that create those patterns of behavior. So you've got to be very careful of identifying yourself in certain ways. You know, when someone says things like, I am depressed, I have depression, it's my depression. What they're doing is they're reinforcing a pattern of behavior that keeps them stuck. Now look, if that's part of a process of you getting more aware, you're learning better tools and techniques and you're discovering yourself more, then that's cool. But if this is something that you keep identifying with and it's something that holds you back and is creating pain and stress and a whole bunch of things, then that's probably not helping you at all. I'll give you some other examples of this as we go through. 
But what I wanna really explain to you is how important your identity is to you. I've watched people through my events where they will come to an event like say Thrive Time and they will start to implement this process of putting together their success map for life. In fact, there's a process that I've created and it's called the success squared method. And the reason why it's success squared is because the faster you can identify who you are as a person, what you're here to do, your mission, your purpose, your values, and you can get clear on what your lifestyle balance looks like with your mission, your purpose, your values, your visions, and then your mental and emotional states, if you can balance those out, what will happen? which is all the things that I teach at that event. When you go through and you start to identify as this person with a very clear mission, your goals are set from your mission, you've got very clear visions, you've got a clear set of values, which are essentially your priorities in life. Also, it's the way that your brain operates and the way that you see the world are filtered through your value structure and your value hierarchy. You've got a very clear purpose and then you create a lifestyle balance that works for your value structure instead of subordinating to other people's values or living with the implanted values which are the internal voices that you have inside your head that make you feel guilty and ashamed and self-sabotage and self-destruct. Once you deal with those things, normally what will happen is you go through a period of anywhere between about two months or three months after you do that event to maybe six to 12 months. And then what will happen is you'll go through this stage where you feel really flat, where you don't know what to do anymore. You become extremely stressed out. And I've only realized this about three or four years ago, but what will essentially happen is you have an identity crisis. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you want to do anymore. You are stressed out. You're frustrated. You might even try some self-sabotage patterns or some self-destructive behaviors because you're trying to get some sort of drive back from the past pains that used to drive you. But the thing is, if you do the work that I teach at that event, those things aren't there anymore. So you're not driven by a lot of those pains or a lot of those past motivators to get away from pain or stress or frustration. And so you'll fall into a bit of a rut where you're just like, shit, I don't know even what I want to do anymore. I don't know who I am. But the cool thing is once you go through that, you actually prune away all the shit that's holding you back. And then now you start to design a life that you wanna live by and you can start living by that life. When you go through that identity crisis, you go from living in desperation to now starting to design the life that you want and you're able to live through more inspiration or through more inspiring pursuits. But part of the process is going through that identity crisis because the majority of you who are listening to this right now or the majority of people in society, their identity isn't based on them. Their identity is based on what everyone else wants them to be. And that's why a lot of people buy cars in order to show off or to impress others, or they'll wear certain clothes or overspend their money or even save their money or they will identify as being a certain type of person in a certain type of way. Like there are a lot of people out there who say things like, you know, I'm a really kind person and they try to be kind to everyone, but they get treated like shit. Their boundaries get crossed all the time because they have that identity of just being a nice person. Instead of being a person who's driven by a mission, who creates boundaries and holds people accountable to those things. So a lot of people's identities stop them from achieving great things. But once you start using terminologies like I, I am, or my, then you start holding that as your identity. And sometimes those identities work for you and sometimes they don't. And there are a lot of people out there who, let's just say, because this is a pattern that I've seen, there's someone on my Instagram page that I've known for many, many years, and they thrash the fuck out of this identity. And what it is, is they have been identified as having ADHD. So they've gone through life. They have been a bit impulsive. They've done some crazy shit before which happens to a lot of people under the age of 30 because the prefrontal cortex, which is a part of the brain involved in forward planning, forward thinking, risk management, prioritization, it also helps you to control or mitigate your emotional states so you become more emotionally controlled. 
that part of the brain there doesn't really start coming online for most males until their late 20s. So it really starts to develop in their late 20s as a male. As a female, it's early to mid 20s. Normally what will happen is that most people, even children, if you have a look at them, they're fairly impulsive. Most children will run away from pain, stress, and pressure. They want more ease and comfort. They will naturally be drawn towards things that are easy, that are more simple, that are comfortable, and they're more driven by their impulses. So that's why normally people in their teenager or early adult years will drink, and then they forget that there's a hangover. Then they wake up in the morning, go, shit, I'm never drinking again, this is crazy. And then tomorrow night, someone rings up and goes, do you wanna go out? And they go, yeah, let's do it. So they don't really have that feedback mechanism that links pleasure and pain together. The same thing will happen financially, like they might make money, then they blow it all. They make money, they blow it all. They make money, they blow it all. That's because pleasure and pain haven't been linked yet. When you start to link pleasure and pain, that's your prefrontal cortex doing its job, where it looks at both the benefits and the drawbacks of doing something and goes, well, hang on, let's think through this effectively. If we do this, these are the consequences. And if we don't do this, this is the consequence. So that part of the brain doesn't normally develop until early to late 20s, depending on whether you're male or female. And some people, you know, there's always exceptions to the rules. So some people it happens younger, some people it happens older. It also depends on drug use, alcohol abuse, and all of those things. So trauma, there's a whole bunch of things that can go on there. But anyway, this person, and this is the example, this person has gone through their life, done some crazy shit. They had pretty strong and supportive parents who have a lot of ground rules and a lot of boundaries and you have to do this. So for a lot of their life, they've probably been told what they should and shouldn't do in very harsh and challenging ways. So then as they get a little bit older and they get into their 20s, they move out of home and then their brain goes, cool, now I get to experience things that I wasn't able to experience before. So they go out, they start running a mark, they start doing crazy shit for a while and then they find it hard to work because they drink a lot more, they're taking drugs, they're doing other bits and pieces. And so they start to have guilt, they start to have shame and then they find they can't concentrate and they can't focus and that this guilt and shame and lack of focus and all this stuff comes up and they go, maybe there's something wrong with me. So they fall into a mental health crisis in their mid-20s. So then they go through this mental health crisis, they go get help, they go see a psychologist, the psychologist refers them to the psychiatrist, they go to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist does all their thing and then they come out on the other side and they go, ah, here's what's happened. I have ADHD, I have also been partially put on the very moderate stage of the spectrum, very, very, very moderate. But now I have an understanding of why I did all those things. So now I don't have to feel guilty and ashamed anymore. Now the guilt and shame comes from people in the past that judge them and criticize them that implant their values. An individual that is clear with their life doesn't have guilt and shame. A person has guilt and shame when they have implanted values of others. Like if I wanna eat food and I go, I shouldn't eat that and then I feel bad, it's because I'm thinking that someone else is gonna judge me and criticize me if I do that, and that becomes my implanted value. Now, that is there to also mitigate or to balance out a lot of my impulses. So those two things work together. They make us think more effectively. But if we have too much guilt and shame and these negative thoughts, it can become very overwhelming because we feel like we can't live up to the expectations of others. And it feels like we're gonna be judged and criticized quite a lot. So then what's happened is because of this, now this person has a reason. Well, now I don't have to feel guilty anymore about all the shit that I've done in my past because I have a reason. You know, I've got ADHD, I'm partially on the spectrum, you know, and now I've got these mental health conditions and blah, blah, blah. And so I've got all these diagnoses that allow me to understand what's going on with myself. So now they live life and their social media talks about, you know, the difference between someone who's neurotypical, which means that their brain works like most people, I guess you could say, but a typical standard brain operating manual versus someone whose brain is different. Now, everyone's brain's fucking different. But again, these are just generalizations. These are boxes that people like to put shit in in order to try to understand them. And the mental health industry and the psychology industry and the coaching industry and our society as a whole likes to put things in boxes. That's why sometimes people ask me, are you happy? 
or unhappy? And when I say, well, neither, and they go, well, you've got to be one or you have to be the other. People describe things as good or bad. Things that can be good are also bad, like drinking alcohol can be good. Like if you're stressed, you drink alcohol, that can be good. But it can also be bad as well because it damages your health. Your liver has to work harder to process it. You know, if you drink too much, it can affect your brain. So is it good or bad? It depends on the moment. It depends on the references that you're talking about it in. And so very intelligent people understand this, but most people don't have that level of intelligence where they can really define things at a high level. And that just comes with age. It comes with thinking through things. It comes with being more balanced mentally and emotionally. But this person now has such an identity with this pattern of behavior that that becomes all they talk about on their social media. And so their whole life is now trying to justify why they've done the things that they've done so they don't feel guilty and they don't feel ashamed, why they're different and why other people are lucky and why they can't achieve the things that a normal person can achieve because they can't concentrate and they can't focus and that's just what ADHD is and blah, 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 blah. If that identity works for you, then so be it. Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online dominate zero to a million dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars with the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. But for most people, the things that they identify themselves with don't work. And that's the whole point of this episode is that if you stop and you start writing down all the things that you say to yourself, like I am fat, I'm lazy, I can't be fucked all the time, or my stress, my frustration, my anger issues that I have, like I hear that quite a lot. You know, I have these anger issues. And then they'll say, you know, my anger just sometimes stops me from doing things or I just fly off the handle. Well, the more that the person keeps identifying that as being their behavior and how they identify themselves, the more they're going to keep repeating that pattern of behavior and it's never going to change. The day a person stops and really reflects and asks themselves, are the things that I identify with helping me or hindering me? Now, everything works. Everything works. Everything works to a point. So if you have a headache and you take a Panadol, it works. But if you have to do that every day and you've got to take six or seven Panadol per day, then eventually that's going to stop working. And the thing that once worked is going to stop working. And so that's where we need to adapt. We need to change. We need to think through things. So there are probably some of you who are listening to this who identify yourself with certain identities and they work. But then after a while, it'll stop working. And there are plenty of people out there who identify as being depressed all the time and they get a lot of sympathy. They get, you know, help. They can go get sessions with psychologists that are paid for by the government. So there are plenty of benefits to having that label. But eventually that person might look at their life and go, you know what, this shit just isn't working anymore. I'm not happy with where I want to be. I'm getting older. I've had this identity now for 10 years and I'm fucking sick of it and it's time to change. And we have some people like that who end up at our events. You know, I've had plenty of people who've come to our events before. I remember there was this one lady who rocked up to our event and about day three, three quarters of the way through the day of Thrive Time, she said, do you know, Michael, I've learned more in the last two and a half days or yeah, two and a half days so far of this event than what I have in the last 10 years of seeing a professional about my help. And now I understand why I'm stuck because when I go there, I talk about all my problems all the time instead of really designing the life that I want to live. Now that I can see that I have this life that I've been trying to live, yet I keep getting caught in the identity and the problems and the patterns. And then also that a lot of my friendships and a lot of my connections come through these negative communications about why I feel the way that I feel and why my life is the way that it is and you know, why it has to do with my childhood. And the more I talk about it, the more it makes me focus on my past and not my future. And so essentially, I feel like I've wasted 10 years of my life instead of 
maybe doing something like this earlier. I always say that that's not true. It's just taken 10 years to learn what you need to learn in order to move forward to the next step. Now, if you've been putting in 10 years of training to get to the next level, you're probably gonna be very good and very efficient at something, if you're aware. So a lot of people feel like they're holding themselves back. Maybe that's not true. Maybe you've just been thinking through things differently. Maybe you're becoming a lot more aware. So that maybe the next one, two, three years, you're actually gonna have massive amounts of growth. Because just like a slingshot, sometimes a slingshot has to get pulled back a long way to fire forward at a fast rate. So just because someone feels like they're behind in life doesn't mean they're actually behind. It just means sometimes that they're learning a lot of shit that you don't see. And for the business owners that are listening to this, you understand because there are some times that you're doing a lot of work internally in your business where you don't see the external growth, but because of that internal growth and the foundation growth, eventually the business just goes bang and it explodes and you get this huge amount of growth, but it's because of what happened on the inside that no one else can see. That can happen the same in a person's life as well, where they do a lot of internal work, a lot of self-reflection, they become a lot more self-aware. It just doesn't equate to external results yet. But when they start putting the effort and they get the right tools and the right knowledge, then bang, they off they go and they just accelerate forward fast. And I've seen people have massive, huge growth from rapid acceleration because they've gone through stages where they feel like they've been holding themselves back, but they're becoming a lot more self-aware. They're learning a lot. They've done a lot of things behind the scenes. So that's normally the way that I will talk through that with that type of person. But what I found was that this person had said to me that they felt like they had been stuck for such a long time but by focusing on the future and focusing where they want to get to and focusing on this new identity that they're creating, they actually feel really empowered now instead of holding themselves back. So just be very, very careful of the wording. I'm just going to give you two quick tips. The first thing is you've got to become self-aware of these patterns. As we think about ourselves and our lives and what we're doing more and more as we age, you'll become more self-aware over time. And the more you pick up on these patterns, the faster you'll break through them. So I don't want anyone who's listening to this to sit there and go, you know, I feel like if I can just figure out a couple of these patterns, then everything's gonna be easier for the rest of my life, because that's not true. Life gets more complicated the smarter you become. Life gets more complicated and life becomes more challenging the more you grow, because you're stronger, you're better, you're fitter, you're more intelligent, and so you take on bigger challenges. So life doesn't get any easier because you become more self-aware. You just become more self-aware and you see more and more patterns that you have that then you can deal with. And so we find a problem, we solve the problem, we find a problem, we solve a problem, and that's called evolution. But the first thing is that you've got to become more self-aware of your own self-talk, the limiting talk that you have. I don't like calling them limited beliefs because I guess they are part of a belief system, but it's a perception that drives a limitation anyway. So I talk more about perceptions because they're deeper than just beliefs. That's the reason why a lot of my events are so different because I'll go into the neuroscience and a bit more in depth into how our brain works and how our mind works than just the basic superficial, you know, people have limiting beliefs. Everyone knows that they have limiting beliefs. So the first thing is we become more self-aware and we listen to our self-talk and we become more aware of the patterns that we have where we use the word I or I am or I believe and then also things like our identity, which we might be identifying as a my. Okay, so we've got beliefs and identities are intertwined into those beliefs, but we wanna to listen to I, I am and my's. So my anxiety, that's now your identity. So if you pick yourself up on that, you just stop and you go, hang on, this isn't my anxiety. I just feel anxious in this moment. So you can still say that you feel anxious, but you just don't want to identify as that thing. Like if I say my head or my arm, that is part of my identity because it's part of my body. So I can identify as that thing. You've got to be very, very careful with identifying with my anxiety because if you say things like my anxiety or my depression or you know my stress, that becomes your identity. So you can say, 
I feel stressed in this moment, then you can work through it. You don't want to say my stress. You can say I feel anxious at the moment, but you don't want to identify as my anxiety levels are high because you're essentially owning that anxiety and it's yours. And just like you don't like shit being stolen from you, like if you say my phone, you don't want someone to steal that shit from you because it's yours. Therefore, a lot of people in our society, when you say to them, you don't seem like you're anxious that often, or you start pointing out that they're not as anxious as what they think, or they're not as depressed as what they think, they will fight tooth and nail to keep that thing because it's their identity, it's their shit. And so they will hold on to it. And I've seen this time and time and time again, which is why I tend to filter out people at my events these days, where I post things like this on my socials, because what I want is I want people to come to our events who are ready to make changes and who are committed to growth. Not people who think they want growth and keep doing courses and reading books, but at the same time, they keep identifying as the things that they're trying to get rid of or that they think they want to get rid of, but at the same time, they won't let it go. And I remember years ago, I used to have people who'd come to my events and they would talk about some of the patterns that they'd have. I would show them these patterns and they would get really defensive and really aggressive towards me. You don't understand. You're not a psychologist. You can't diagnose me. You can't. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not even trying to diagnose them or anything. I'm just giving them alternative perspective, but they don't want that alternative perspective because it essentially is taking away something that they own. So please be very careful of the way you identify yourself. Okay. If you identify yourself as dumb, if you identify yourself as stupid, if you identify yourself as lazy, if you say things like, I'm always burnt out, then that becomes part of your identity as well. So you just want to say, you know what, I feel tired in this moment. How can I change that? What else can I do? Can I improve my diet? Do I need to improve my sleeping patterns? And you can ask better questions to help you to grow out of that identity. And so just like everything in life, we'll create a habit. The habit that we've created will eventually become a habit that's holding us back. And then we need to recreate a newer habit. And so throughout our lives, we keep destroying old habits and creating new ones. And that is called growth. So even these patterns here that you're going to create now, hopefully by using these tools, eventually the things that you're creating now, that new identity that you're going to create, you will eventually have to destroy in order to move to the next greater level once again. But being self-aware is the key, number one. Number two is being very aware of your self-talk because normally that will reinforce the identity that you keep creating of yourself. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this episode helps. Keep kicking goals, keep kicking ass, keep pushing hard. And thanks for being part of this awesome community, Driven Mofos. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you on the next episode.